I love exercise, whether it's a muddy obstacle race or a sweaty circuits class. But I know not everyone feels the same way. And now we're all on lockdown, your usual fitness routine, or lack of one, may have all changed. Over the Easter weekend, I spoke to two friends, Neil Hussey and Emily Peasgood, who happen to be personal trainers. I wanted to get their tips on getting active, whether you've just been ill, you usually hate exercise, or you're just trying to wear out your homeschooled kids. So I'm going to start by letting Neil and Emily introduce themselves. Thanks, Amy. Um, hi, everybody who is listening, wherever you are. My name, as Amy said, is Neil Hussey. I have been a personal trainer for 16 and a half years now. Um, I like to specialise in special populations. So anybody who is not your typical gym goer who wants to tone the backs of their arms, their bottoms and their abdominals. So special populations, I have clients who have got multiple sclerosis, very bad asthma, diabetic clients, pre and postnatal. Um, so those people who are just a little bit different, I suppose, a bit more of a challenge. Lovely. And Emily, tell me about you. Um, so I'm Emily Peasgood. I have a company called Happy Body. And I guess sort of in contrast to Neil, I actually would say that I am there for more of a sort of general person. A lot of my um, clients are like me. Uh, a lot of female, to be honest, a lot of people who are coming back having had children who were fit before, who sort of got out of exercising and just want to get back to what they were beforehand. Um, and I wondered if I could start, Emily, by asking you, what tips would you give for someone who absolutely hates exercise? Because I know there are lots of you out there listening who have never really been keen on exercise, have hated it since school, and now are stuck on lockdown and wondering what to do to keep themselves fit. What would you recommend? Well, I think to begin with as well, just because we're on lockdown, if you've never really done any exercise, I, I think, you know, it's not necessarily that you suddenly have to go out and do a load, because if you've never done it before, why would you suddenly start now? I think, you know, for other people, it's, re it's great. They suddenly found that they've got more time, they're at home more, they, you know, okay, they might have kids to look after or something, but if, if your partner's at home, they can perhaps look after the kids, and therefore you do have time, so it gives people now an opportunity to do something. If you really hate it, though, start with something really basic. You know, the weather's been lovely today. Get out, walk, jog, get on the bikes, take the kids, take the family. It's really obvious, but I think it's really important. Everyone, well, a lot of people go into exercise for weight loss, for, um, you know, obviously getting fit, but it times like this you know um improve mood um better for your mental health all of that are so important that even if you're not going to do a huge amount of you know high intensity stuff you know anything you do will be a benefit that sounds great what about you neil what would you recommend um i'm going to throw a slightly curveball at this and say first we'll start off with well how are we defining exercise you know anybody who's not used to exercising in my opinion this is a perfect time to start okay research shows that most people kind of over 60 percent of people who start exercising stop within six weeks so this is a perfect time to get away from the i haven't got time to continue you know all these barriers to entry that people normally throw at things so you've got a great opportunity to make a difference but i think from my point of view exercise conjures up certain things in people's minds is it you know going to a gym is it going for a run and quite often that's what puts people off so i'd say at the moment you know if you're not used to exercising 
it does not mean you have to go out and go for a run or run at certain speeds or cycle a certain distance, whatever. In my opinion, it's, you know, get out in the garden if you've got one, you know. Um, do little bits and pieces that are going to elevate, elevate your heart rate, but are not specifically, you know, I need to go to a gym or I need to lift weights or I need to do a hit class. So it means that people can get the most out of this additional time they have. And my attitude is always get the most out of the time and effort you put in. But that doesn't have to be going out and about and trying, you know, high-end stuff. It could be gardening or cleaning, hoovering with a little bit more vigour just to raise that heart rate a little bit more um, and get a little bit more out of what effort you are putting in. Oh, that sounds great. And what would be your favourite exercise that you could do that would be really basic, doesn't need any fancy equipment, no getting out of your house, if maybe you're stuck in your house or just a tiny garden, what could you do? I think that you know, over, overall it, it's not going to change whether we're on lockdown or not. Your core is essential to your well-being. So many people now are sat at laptops more or computers more than they would be at work. You know, they're getting up in the morning, they're sitting there nine to five or whatever hours people do, and it's hunched over. So core-wise, I'd have to say the plank. You know, it's a really simple exercise. However, we're not looking for people to set new world records and doing eight and a half hours and what have you. Really just getting the most out of the time you put in. There are lots of different options you can do, lots of variants that none of them need equipment, but really to strengthen that lower back and to keep that posture good when you're not up and about and what have you with work and your lifestyle, I think I think's probably at the moment, in my opinion, the most important. So for people who don't know, what, what are your core muscles? Where is your core? What is this core thing? Okay, so your core are your deep muscles, okay, in your, your thorax, okay, your thoracic area. So you're basically your, if you imagine where your six or your eight or your two or your one pack is, that's not okay. them. Okay. That's not, that's not them. Okay, you cannot see your core muscles. If you imagine from the bottom of your rib cage to the top of your pelvis, the only skeletal structure you have is your spine. And it's what, two inches, two and a half inches across? Yeah. Your core muscles are what keep you upright. It's a cylinder. Ranges from your diaphragm underneath your ribs all the way down to what is in essence your pelvic floor. And it's the deep muscles that keep you upright. It keeps your spine um, level and in place in relation to your pelvis. And it's the ones that, you know, if people come to me with back pain or lower back pain, normally you can put it down to two things. Either one, tight hamstrings, because people sit down too much in their lives and their hamstrings shorten, or poor core muscles, which are just not keeping everything the way it should be. Um, and if you imagine, if you take a runner, for example, a runner should be spending as much time in their, their core muscles as running, because it just makes every movement you do as a human being more efficient it gives you a solid grounding to work from whether you're using your arms or your legs it just gives you that solid basis that everything can then progress from. and ladies i like the shout out about the pelvic floor there um one of the things that as a gp i see a lot so one exercise you can definitely do just sitting down um is a pelvic floor squeeze um, and there's some great resources about that on the nhs website so pelvic floor if you're doing nothing else do do a pelvic floor exercise what about you, Emily? What would be your favourite exercise to recommend to people? So for people um, who are used to exercising, 
and you know are, are fairly fit and they know what they're doing then I don't think you can be a burpee um I know Neil thinks I'm mad but everyone loves them <laughs> Amy loves them Amy comes I love burpees she loves burpees you know it's a great all you know full body exercise all the main body groups uh, muscle groups can get your heart and lungs going the faster you go but you can also modify it you can um you know you can make it easier by stepping out your burpee you can make it harder by adding a press up adding a tuck jump so with the caveat that you know what you're doing and you know what a burpee is i don't think you know nothing beats a burpee tell us more emily what is a burpee it okay. sounds like an awful gastrointestinal some indigestion related symptom so you'll stand you stand upright arms above your head, you're going to jump up, then you uh, bend down, touch the floor, you're going to squat down, you shoot your legs out so that you're holding a high plank position. So you get your plank in there that Neil's been going on about, then you shoot your legs back in, you jump them back in, and then you jump upright. I'm not sure I've explained that very well, but um, yes. Neil, how would you explain the burpee? How do I go? Well, um... Good question. <laughs> it's a difficult one. Maybe it's one. Do you have to go onto YouTube to look for yeah. a demonstration? I think yeah. the easiest way that I describe is stand up. Your next position, however you get down there, will be flat onto your stomach. And then get up however you can and jump. I suppose is the easiest, easiest way of describing it. As, as Emily said, you know, there are lots of things you can put into them. I think recently, whether that this is the the changing demographics of people who I train or or what but normally when you sort of you meet people you, it used to be what don't you like doing I hate running don't like running don't like running hate it and now it's don't do burpees hate burpees yeah. it's <laughs> every class they've been to the first thing that anybody's ever done right 300 burpees let's go smash them out and everyone, it just destroys people <laughs> I still make them do it though I yeah. love <laughs> you've done sometimes with Emily which is lying down and standing up it's really straightforward but simply lying down and standing up turns out to be absolutely exhausting when you do yeah. it more than two or three times in a row um, and that could be a really simple one for people to do uh, at home but it certainly exhausted me on a number of occasions well it's the, the good one about doing reverse ones as well is that if you're stood up rather than come down onto your front you come down onto your back and then and then get up and that's a really good sign of um, cardiovascular health. The more points you have to touch the floor with from mm -hmm. being laid on your back to stood up is a really good sign of overall health. You know, if you have to go on your knees, put both hands on one foot, one hand, you know, that's probably something you need to work on. If you can lie on your back, do a full sit up, cross your legs and stand up, you know, you're, you're probably in pretty good shape. So it's just something a little bit different. I like that, something to aim for. And talking about lying down and being exhausted, I know that all three of us are parents um, and so that we need to find ways to exercise with our kids around. Any top tips for getting them moving? Because I know we're trying to get kids doing 60 minutes of exercise a day and that that is easier said than done at the moment. Emily, how old, how old your child or children? So my children are eight and six. My oh, eight -year -old yeah. See, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So you, you go first and then I'll... Um... <laughs> I mean, oh, my eight-year-old does a lot, you know, normally she's, you know, swimming four times a week, she plays tennis three times a week, you know, she's very active. So this is, you know, despite only being eight, this is a big change for her um, in terms of fitness. I think that, you know, uh, with Matilda, she, anything that is, is fun, she will do. The great thing about kids is that they naturally, well, my kids anyway, naturally are, are quite active anyway. They're, 
scooting around on the driveway, they're chasing each other, they're on the pogo stick, Matilda's got a hula hoop, you know, she's now practicing that and trying to get her top off and back on while hula hooping and things like that, a lot of things um, that she's doing anyway. So now she set up a little circuit, she knows, you know, she's seen what I do, I sort of set a time and I set something up and I'll do my murphies obviously and things like that. And she has little stations, so she's doing things like hopscotch, she's doing skipping, um, hula hooping, pogo sticks, star jumps, all things that, you know, it's just things she considers she plays with really anyway. And, you know, she, she's loving it. So I think maybe with the kids, you know, like I say, find things that they do anyway um, and, you know, turn it into a little exercise circuit. Do it with them. They love it, don't they? They love it when parents do things. You're absolutely right. What about teenagers, Neil? Tell me all about teenagers. I haven't got any yet. Teenage boys. Um, I, you know, I'm very lucky that I'm in the situation that Charlie is, is fairly active anyway. You know, he's a, a fantastic cyclist and, and we go out and we share that passion together. But I'm very lucky for, from that point of view. However, we have the challenges of Xboxes and, you know, online talking to their friends which at the moment you know from a teenage boy point of view to be going this long without seeing seeing friends it's something that i wouldn't want to take out of him communicating with friends and, and what have you but our, our rule is you earn the time you know you you earn the time to to do those things by being active but again whether that is out on the bike you know we've had the badminton set out today um, in the garden just throwing a tennis ball backwards and forwards again completely agree with Emily it's a fantastic time you know we are all very busy people no matter what what we do and probably unfortunately in the modern modern society our children are the first things that potentially get you know to one side for our time um, so having this time is great completely agree Emily you know spend time with your children find out talk to them what do they like doing what don't they like doing and ultimately this one is what we don't want to do is put children especially off exercise for life you know we don't want to force them to be doing stuff they don't want to be doing just because we think it's right and i think that's the that's the key if they want to do it then it's you know 95 percent of the battle won is if they're coming to you and saying can we do this can we do this and they enjoy doing it and it's so true for grown-ups too, isn't it? That like it should be fun for us as well. Like, yeah. they're, oh, they're no one's going to do something they don't enjoy. I'll send you the video of my husband trying to hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying though, actually, the one thing: if my children don't learn anything like educational during this time, if I fail there, at least I've learned to hula hoop because I couldn't do it until the other day. The only place I can hula hoop is around my neck. I can't do it around my hips. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Of both of these skills, and what yeah. about for your clients who are already kind of pretty fit, have been doing great, and then wham, along came COVID nineteen, and all their usual routines have gone pear shaped. How are you helping keep their fitness up at the moment? Starting with Emily, what kind of things are you doing for your super fit clients? Um, well, so I, I have moved my classes um, online. Um, so I'm doing Zoom classes, um, uh, you know, each week for the people who used to come to my classes. It's, what's a real shame is that I think, you know, a lot of my classes used to be outside. Um, but the great thing about, you know, the internet, obviously, they, people can still be outside. So once you sort of feel like you're in, you know, staring at the screen, 
and you know people are doing it in their gardens so that's great so before all this happened obviously there were loads of people doing things online all the famous people that you know everyone's heard of joe wicks and all those sort of people and you know there will be people that obviously followed them what i think is nice now is that people can follow people that they're used to anyway you know you know people who used to come to my classes and now find me online or friends you know i've got my old university friends my old school friends people from america old friends of mine can now all come to my classes because it's a lot more accessible um i think also people don't necessarily um you know like to actually go to classes for a lot of people it is actually daunting i don't understand why people would love my classes but it is daunting to people exercising and actually it's great now because they're kind of in my class but they're not worried that everyone else is looking at them and they're doing it and you know they know my face so they're they're following me so mine are on zoom and mine are only live i don't record mine i think neil you're doing yours on facebook so yours are live and also they can be done later yeah. No, uh, but what I love and, and I think is really good to actually plan your classes like you would beforehand. Like if you're used to doing your Monday morning class, sort of put it in your diary, do it and try and do it live. I personally think there's nothing better than imagining that Neil is doing his birthdays in the garden at the same time that you're doing your birthdays. You know, and then you feel like you're really there because a lot yeah. of people comment on the face. Because I've been looking at people on Facebook and people comment and say, oh, I'll do it later. And it's great if you are going to do it later. But I do genuinely think there's something about doing a live class. And my ones, so we do get little videos up. They're small enough that you can't really see what people are going and doing. But at the same time, we kind of wave at each other and we all know that everyone's there. So that's quite a nice thing. Um, and now I'm like, I'm obsessed with burpees. But I think the thing is, if you're used to going to a lot of classes and you're used to doing doing things regularly, um, you've just got to make sure that you continually push yourself. I mean, not changing it up daily, but, you know, if the body, if you just continue doing the same old thing, obviously the body's not going to react so well. You know, it's not going to improve, as it were. So I like challenges. I like things like how many burpees I can do or how, again, I, I admit that, you know, the world record for the women's flag is five hours, I think, and the men's that um, Neil mentioned is eight and a half. I'm not suggesting you need to do a five hour plank and end up with cauliflower <laughs> elbows, but you know, gradually increase your plank each time or do it with a leg in the air or, or things like that. Make sure you're challenging yourself and pushing yourself. So maybe set some goals and see if you can, you know, increase them. Like you did, Amy, not so long. You know, you were doing more and more of everything, weren't you? Yeah, we tried that, didn't we? We did that. I tried to do a hundred day challenge um, of exercising yeah. a little bit every day and, and certainly having a target, having other people around you um kind of cheering you on a little gang of you really helps and i know we can't all be together anymore but cheering each other yeah. on, on social media really helps what yeah. what have you been trying neil what, what have you been doing to keep those super fit super fit um i think you know i'm i have a massive range of demographics of, of um of clients and unfortunately it's from from my point of view is what's hit me hardest about you know lots of my clients are say people who have had strokes who had it got um ms or really quite um complicated health issues i've just not been able to see mm. um so from them it's just keeping them going and doing the stuff that they know that they can do safely even if it's from that point of view kind of the maintenance side of things with regards to super fit people or the the fitter end of um of the kind of the demographic from them it's having the ability to push them um as emily said you know there's this is a brilliant thing. I don't know if, if anyone's heard of, in, in, um, of insanity. You know, it's that, <laughs> that um, definition, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. 
and that's why you know lots of people in this period will their training will suffer because they haven't got the input from a fitness professional to keep them going to keep them you know keep them being pushed and they'll just keep doing the same thing the same thing, same thing. so super fit wise or which we say fitter people i like to use fitness tracker apps so things like strava and runkeeper so i will go on there and i will follow my clients and i will set them challenges to do and they be, they still become accountable you know i will say okay, you have to run to a certain point and take a picture of that point and then send me that picture you know and you have to send me that picture by x time or on strava you know do this lap i will send them a route to do so they still know and this is key is that the time you know going back to it the time that they're putting in and the effort they're putting in is still benefiting them it's not just going through the motions because you take somebody who's sort of on the fitter end of the scale and you think or and they kind of go okay we're in lockdown and they just feel like they're going through the motions that's probably not what they get out of exercise they get out of exercise that feeling of pushing themselves feeling challenged you know of overloading their body that's what they're used to that's probably what they get out of it so if you go okay right rather than x y and z we're going to do we're just going to do maintenance stuff until it's all pass over they're they're not interested they'll go out and do their own stuff and in, inevitably hurt themselves so giving them, giving them challenges as emily said completely agree with but making sure that people are still accountable and i say fitness apps they're great you know loads and loads of them are free so it's like challenge yourself mix it up a bit and be accountable to someone have someone who's keeping a bit of an eye on you definitely Definitely. And I'm kind of leading on from your more um, restricted clients, Neil, the ones who are dealing with other challenges in their life or their fitness or their health. It makes me think of a lot about the people who will be trying to get back to exercise after possibly getting unwell with COVID-19. Um, and I know from a doctor point of view that we want to encourage people not to start exercising until they're not having fevers anymore because exercising with a fever, um, certainly the kind of exercise that makes you hot and sweaty is not a good thing. To do it's one of those kind of classic listen to your body kind of things are there any other yeah. tips um that you would give for people who are just starting to get back into exercise after being as well with and it, i mean it's going to be like any virus you know how should they approach things after a virus like this can i start with you neil for this one and then go to emily of course um i completely agree amy you know lots of people don't give the value high enough to listening to their body you know, if your body is tired and you are aching and it feels like it needs a rest, it's probably because it's tired, damaged and needs a rest. Um, so getting back into things, I think softly, softly, be aware of your body, um, listen to it, but don't go back into expecting you to be where you will start off with. You know, we, we start to lose um, muscular strength after approximately 10 days of not doing anything and cardiovascular fitness after so heart and lung fitness after about two weeks you know if you've been in bed for two weeks or you've not really done any exercise because inevitably you've had a cough or you've had a temperature for two weeks three weeks whatever you're not going to go back and go straight into it you will be less fit but be aware of that don't beat yourself up over it and think okay i'm going to do it i failed i've got to go and do more it's just not not going to work so li listen to your body and take advice as well what kind of things would you say, Emily? Well, I, I think as well, even if you haven't had some, you know, COVID-19, any time that you don't, you know, even if you're well, 
times when I don't sleep well or when I don't eat well, my, you know, my performance when I exercise is not as good. So, you know, if you've got, you know, COVID-19 and you're not sleeping well and your diet's changed and all that, you absolutely can't expect to, you know, once you've recovered to get, to get back to it, um, to what you were doing before. So exactly like Neil said, I mean, I would start with light cardio and a little bit of, you know, light resistance training. Enjoy, you know, maybe enjoy, let, you know, having a couple of days off exercise or weeks off, you know, and, and make sure that when you get back into it, you're, you're feeling, you know, ready to go. Yeah, and really obvious things like obviously drink enough, um, both when you're poorly and when you get back to exercising. And I think if you're at the stage where you're not even really managing to kind of walk around your house, um, if you're at that really early recovery stage, start by just taking some really deep breaths, changing your position, trying rolling around in bed, getting on your tummy. Um, and there's certainly a really good um, video that I'm going to post the link to on the details of the uh, podcast, all about some basic breathing exercises you can do to help get the gunge up if you're at that stage of the infection. Um, so thank you so much to both of you for talking to me and to everyone listening about things they can do to keep themselves going through this weird period. How can they get in contact with you? Because I know that one of the things you've both said to me is that actually exercise, sometimes we need to get very specific things for people and their needs. If they wanted to pick your brains, get your advice um, and maybe uh, use your skills in the future, how can they get in contact with you? Um, Emily, starting with you, how can they, how can they find you? So the best place for me is my Facebook page, um, which is happybody.me. Admittedly, I'm not a big social media user. Um, coming back to this whole mental health thing, I, it, it just took over my life. So I actually made the decision to not use it, but it is still there. It's like a sort of holding page. It's, um, you know, under uh, about or something. It's got all my contact details and the pin post at the moment will tell you the on online classes I'm doing. But my phone number is on my Facebook page. Please ring me, please text me, um, you know, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone. Perfect. What about you, Neil? How do we get you? Um, similar Facebook page is always a good one. So that's um, NHPT. Alternatively, the website is nhpt.org.uk. Uh, but again, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Phone numbers on there. All of the classes that I'm doing, the timetables, and I pop up if you go onto the website, so it's easy to find. Uh, and all the ones I've done before. Alternatively, there's the NHPT Hub YouTube channel, which has got lots of advice, lots of classes, lots of things you can try in your own time. Um, take your pick, really. That is brilliant, because from my point of view as a doctor, I know that exercise makes nearly everything better. It makes your mental health better, it makes your physical health better, it makes you live longer and fitter and enjoy it all the more. Um, so thank you very much, both of you, for speaking to me this evening. Have a lovely rest of the Easter weekend. And thank take you. care and best of health to all your families. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this has inspired you to think about what kind of exercise might get you sweating and hopefully smiling during lockdown. If you want more help or ideas, the links to Neil and Emily's pages can be found on the episode details for this podcast. Or if you've got more questions you want me to answer, tweet me at Dr. Amy Kirstein, which is D-R-A-M-Y-K-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Thanks.